0: Hey, Tommy, did you know that I feel comfortable using legal jargon in everyday life? That's why I object that you, the listener, are not subscribed to Haven't Seen It on Apple or Spotify. You're not following us on Twitter or Instagram at Seen and you haven't left us a five-star review yet. Haven't Seen It, with Tim Sestito and Tommy Tevening. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening to us today. We appreciate you being here with us. This is a podcast where at least one of us is watching a movie for the very first time. And today, this is Tommy's first time watching Legally Blonde. How are you, Tommy? I'm good. I'm good. I just watched a good movie about two hours ago. Uh, first time I've ever seen it. Uh, so
1: yeah, I had a good time. What about you?
0: I, you know, I was a little sad in this week. We wanted to touch on quickly just touching on the passing of legendary director Ivan Reitman. Um, he directed Ghostbusters, uh, Meatballs, The Great Draft Day with Kevin Costner. You know, have you seen that one? <laughs> I ha- I have seen Draft Day. It's it's wonderful. But, you know, he leaves behind a really strong legacy and yeah. definitely influenced our sense of humor growing up with his movies and it's sad to see him go.
1: It's very sad. I mean, uh, you do kind of feel happy that as like a last month of his life, really, he got to experience um, the release of his son making Ghostbusters and kind of passing the torch to his son, despite what you might think about that movie. Um, but Ivryt was good. He made a lot of good movies. He produced a lot of good movies, uh, like my personal favorite, Space Jam. So, uh, he was instrumental in a lot of things that we learned in
0: our childhood. So, RIP, and you know, sucks. <laughs> Kindergarten Cop. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say, really. You know, to it's cement not someone's up. legacy. But um, yeah, so today's movie was Legally Blonde. We just had Valentine's Day in our rearview mirror when when we're recording this, and it felt appropriate to have a movie like this on the podcast, this is Legally blocked. I'm gonna make an amazing lawyer. Welcome to Harvard. Beauty
1: and brains.
0: I have a 4.0. Why?
1: There ought to be a law. You got into Harvard Law?
0: What, like it's hard?
1: this Friday.
0: I object.
1: America goes blonde.
0: Habeas corpus. Warm Evidentiary support. Come again. Don't ask.
1: Now you're thinking like a lawyer.
0: No biggie.
1: (laughs) Legally Blonde rated PG-13 starts Friday at theaters everywhere.
0: So this is Legally Blonde. Reese Witherspoon's maybe, I think, maybe her most iconic performance as Elle Woods. Um, You have Luke Wilson as Emmett Richard, uh, Jennifer Coolidge as Paulette, the hairdresser, Matthew Davis as Warner Huntington. And yeah, I was I haven't seen this movie in a while because I was the one who's seen it. But I I saw it probably when I was like right when this came out a couple of years after that in that seven to ten range where a lot of the humor that I found to be funny in it. Uh, would have gone over my head and I definitely wasn't able to appreciate it at that time. And at that time, you're a young, you're a young kid. You're like, this is a girl's movie. I don't need to watch a girl's movie, but it, I think it's a very, I think it's a pretty strong girl's movie. It kind of leans into the side of like, just because you're beautiful or, you know, anything like that doesn't mean that people should underestimate you or that you should doubt your own self self self-worth. Yeah, this is definitely um,
1: an ultimate, um, you know, this is my first time seeing the movie, but it's the ultimate fuck the haters movie where basically you just go in and it's just like, you know, you say I can't do this, but watch me fucking try. So it's just that movie typing over and over again. I feel like this was something that played on like Comedy Central a lot in like the mid 2000s, but like I felt like whenever this was on, I usually would flip the channel, which I regret now because I I did like it. So spoiler for the review at the end.
0: well i mean they would get the sense by the time you gave the review tommy if you liked the movie or not yeah they they would they would uh, they'd understand if you were going to give it a higher star rating or a lower star rating you know just 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 letting you know Um, okay okay mr critic (laughs) yeah that's what we do on this podcast for critical um yeah yeah, it's one of those movies where i didn't I don't always love the motivation where the motivation is like, I'm in love with this guy and I'm following him because he broke up with me. Cause I'm not X person. Like, I don't always love that as that motivation. Mm-hmm. I-, I do like that. They don't, they don't waste anybody's time. This is a nice brisk 90 minute movie. Um, get you in and out. Uh, they have her, you know, she's at Harvard 12, 15 minutes in the movie. They get very quickly
1: into the plot of it. And what I like is that like her motivations like really change the route. Uh, where in the beginning of the movie is just uh Reese Willersman's character gets broken up with by uh Warner because he's like, Oh, you're not smart, essentially. <laughs> Long story
0: short. Like, I'm trying to be a
1: politician here. <laughs>
0: yeah, not not serious enough. He's from one of those like Ke- he's supposed to be a Kennedy or a Vanderbilt or one of those legacy families or whatever from the Northeast country clubs, and she's a West Coast girl from a from a wealthy family uh, in Malibu or wherever. Uh, I I think my low key favorite character in the movie is the dad because he's in he's in two scenes very dad, briefly, <laughs> very briefly, and she's like he's like hon, you're not serious, and he's just drinking a martini, and I'm like oh okay, and then at the end during the graduation they just cut to him randomly and he's just clapping and he just has a martini in his hand. (laughs) I was was like, I was like, that's amazing. Cause I felt like the one thing that it has, the movie has a very positive message, but it's also very tongue in cheek about the kind of movie that it's trying to be. And from what I understand, it's because the production wasn't like totally clear between the studio and like the, the team behind the movie. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, briefly to touch on the dad's awesome. I love that line uh, of, uh, yeah, like oh, Harvard's full of ugly and boring people and you're neither of those. But anyways, so yeah, when the studio first greenlit this uh, movie, um, it was based off a book, um, based off an author who uh, pretty much, she went to Stanford Law School and uh, she realized that she didn't fit with anyone there because they're way too much serious than her and like they you know, thought too highly of themselves. You know, up, uptight people. So, but anyways, when the studio first greenlit this project, uh, they weren't sure that the vibe was going to be what it ended which is like a feel-good women's empowerment movie, like girl power, like let's go, yeah. They thought it was going to be more in the vein of like American Pie or like your watching teen comedy, whereas like essentially like wet T-shirts and girls getting naked.
0: <laughs> so if they thought it was going to be a boner flick.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So if, if it was that type of flick, like we probably wouldn't be talking it to the extent we are today, because people would be like, "Oh, that was kind of just like one of those stupid movies, like uh, sorority boys, or um, I'm trying to think of like the dretch of like terrible teen adult comedies, the, this,
0: like the like the American Pie spinoffs that go straight to DVD and they're just like yeah. awful. But your twelve year old you watch them because they had boobs in them, and you were like, I can get through the humor of this because there's boobs like that yeah. that was th- that was those movies <laughs> the, the selling point is the boobs <laughs> when you're 13 uh
1: yeah. but yeah yeah so like this didn't really have a lot on the movie uh it essentially was just very like an adult raunchy comedy and i don't really think that would fit for that because you need i, I feel like that would kind of undermine resourcewood's character if you did it that way where the great thing about her character is that like even though she gets pranked or even though she gets made fun of for being um like a dumb blonde she takes it in stride and she's just laughs it off Or you know in that one scene where uh she gets told to go to a preppy party or a party and so it's a costume party and she shows up in a playboy bunny out- outfit instead of her just like crying and be like oh i can't believe you guys did this to me she's like okay cool whatever i'm gonna playboy bunny outfit all right whatever i'm still at this party fuck you guys
0: <laughs> it, it it probably helps looking like reese witherspoon in that bunny cough costume you know <laughs> she she uh this is def- this is her young i can't i don't know exactly what age but got to be mid 20s around there cuz like her first like big role was election right
1: mm-hmm.
0: a- and uh, so
1: uh the problem with her was with when this movie came out so she came up a run of uh you know pleasantville came out and pleasantville was a That's solid right. Movie. Yeah. That's right. She with was a- Toby. Yeah with Toby. She, she was uh for a while she, you know she had fear and everything like that Marky Wahlberg uh and then she was in Cruel intentions and election, where she played very innocent or, in a case of election, uptight characters that like very much like uh, type A, st- very studious, and just like you know, n- not very much like laid back and carefree, which is why she had trouble getting cast in this movie. So, um, a lot really people, that's interesting, yeah. No, essentially, uh, the way resource would uh, describe it was the. Uh, the Hollywood studio thought out she was a shrew. <laughs> so yeah. just like, and, you know, it's the it's the testament to Reese Witherspoon be such a good actors Because like, you think of like, think of all the great actors we have, where if you got like all their characters in one room, how different would that party be? If it was someone like Seth Rogen, for example, they'd all just be the same guy and they'll just be smoking pot in the corner or something like that.
0: And they'd all be going,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, but uh, Reese Rusman to to her credit, like you know, all of her characters I feel like are very much different. Like I don't, I could not see Reese's character in Election. Uh, I think it's Tracy Flick
0: hanging out with Ellie Woods from this movie. You know, it would be it's, polar opposites. <laughs> it's it's Elle Woods, Tommy, and yeah, I agree. But like, I think this character is uptight, but she's very loose, and the movie doesn't get in the way of that. And like I, we talked about it last week on uh, on. Um, whatever the movie we watched high um, fidelity (laughs) high high fidelity (laughs) um a lot of movies folks a lot of movies um you know the the screenplay kind of driving the pacing and the editing of the movie like i think that's a big factor in this movie i think it's a pretty sharply edited movie because the movie goes man like they there's a lot of areas where they could have added more emotion in more like romantic scenes between her and emmett is this the first rom-com you've ever seen where the two people that get paired together don't kiss at all in the movie
1: yeah no that's it's very bizarre to think about it because they even mentioned like oh yeah they got married um originally the movie was supposed to end in that way where uh luke wilson was going to kiss her outside of uh, the courthouse when she wins in the uh the case but testo honestly didn't like that so they just changed it to like you know, like we're talking about last week, the romantic comedy coda, where basically they tell you what everything happens to the characters. I was so happy to find out that they did that in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I texted you that, and you're like, "Dude, I haven't watched it yet. What? What's the Spoilers. hell?" Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. I'm like, "Yeah, I spoiled everything, huh?" But we yeah. literally talked about that, and they do have the one joke in there where they're like, "Warner graduated without honors. He currently doesn't have a job. Find <laughs> him." <laughs> <up. laughs> yeah. So
1: um, I, I do appreciate that for that, uh, but it, I don't even know if this is like strictly romantic comedy because at the end of the day, it's more so about her finding herself and like learning to love herself than it is, you know, her trying to win Luke Wilson or her ex
0: back. Yeah, well, I mean, it, the motivation is to win the ex back to launch the story, and yeah. the movie is kind of like three parts. It's like, okay, I'm motivated to get. It's like a motivation, like I need to get this person back. And then she gets to Harvard day one, and it's it's a fish out of water movie. Like like the like for most of the second act, she's a complete fish out of water. She doesn't fit in with anybody there. Mm-hmm. She becomes best friends with with um, Paulette uh, Jennifer Coolidge, who's like the nail salon lady. That's a high school dropout with zero confidence. Um, that's the only person that'll talk to her there. would you know she went from being you know I think she was Miss June in her. Uh, college calendar swimsuit calendar and she was like the
1: sorority Uh, president and everything so like she was mrs popular queen b
0: (laughs) yeah she, she was the queen of the campus and now nobody gives a shit like i love the little scene where they're in the she gets to harvard and they're doing the introductory circle and everybody's like i have an iq of 187 i organized a march on washington for the the gay rights movement I spent the summer in Africa helping impoverished students and and she like starts going off about like her like try kappa new sorority thing. Uh and then the, the third the third act is kind of like not a drama, but it's it's just it's like a legal it's just like a legal caper, I guess. because it's, it's like kind of comedy, but it's they're very isolated Cor- parts of very, the-
1: very zany. So of, of the three um acts, I think my favorite act was uh the second act because i think that was where the comedy came out the most um in the whole movie
0: i i agree with you i think the i think the first act i was actually one of the things now that i've like can kind of process what i like in movies and what i see we touched upon it with licorice now pizza. that you have a
1: podcast
0: now that i have a podcast yeah that's that's the bar folks it's very hard to do um <laughs> They like the way the movie starts, like they're giving like when she's about she thinks she's going to get proposed to by by Warner and they give her like a letter of luck. And it, and then the, the song like it's a perfect day. That yeah. song has been stuck in my head all day, man. All yeah. day. <laughs> <That song. laughs> and no, but like the way the camera moves through the sorority house, like like the camera is just moving everywhere. There's something going on like that house has seven unique settings in it. And and it doesn't take a break. And then not that the camera works bad or like the direction's bad, but then it's very like what you'd expect from the movie, where mm-hmm. I think the intro kind of stands out. And I find that a lot with these movies. Like they'll during the credits, the opening credits, they'll let the camera roll. And then they're just like, Oh, we don't need to do that anymore. And it's like they Why essentially not? like,
1: yeah, they blow their wad in the first opening scene. We're like, We're gonna make people think this is a different movie than it is, and it's like psych. Um that being said, I mean, each act like being distinctive. I mean, I could have seen a movie that was just her being like, you know, miss at uh college. I, that would have been funny. Like it's like a, a more, that wouldn't, I would have been, I guess more of a American pie take on this.
0: <laughs> she tries to get into Harvard law school and then goes to Boston college or Boston university or your pick of your Boston schools. So she gets yeah. close to him and then it becomes a boner comedy from there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, there's a lot of different ways they did it and i think they kind of nailed it because this movie well it it was i remember it being wildly popular when we were growing up and i'm looking Mm -hmm. at the box office 18 million dollar budget 141 million dollars grossing it got a sequel it has a third movie coming out 20 years later which listen if you're a big legally blonde fan i'm sorry to tell you they're they're just they're they're never good i'm sorry I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. It's just it's 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 been too long. But it even got a musical too, dude. Yeah. Well, this is actually the second week in a
1: row we didn't cover this last week, but they made a musical of High Fidelity too. Um, But this Legally Blonde one's actually more successful because you actually have heard of it on Broadway. There's been so many ads for it, I feel like all the time. Um, But yeah, no, Legally Blonde three. I mean, only thing I know about is that's written by Mindy Kaling, but it's like this, this movie didn't need a sequel. <laughs> that,
0: that, it, that actually gives me a little bit of hope, to be honest, Mindy Kaling writing it. Uh, that, that's, that's a good part. I mean, I'm sure it'll be funny, but it's just like,
1: you know, the movie kind of ends in a way that wraps it up perfectly where, you know, it doesn't really require a sequel whatsoever. It's not like, you know, you uh, unless you wanted to make it to like Legally Blonde, the TV show, which is just her like solving the case of the week or some bullshit, you know? Yeah. And, well, that'd be awful.
0: <laughs> no, no. Um like like the the charm of the the it, this movie is just so charming, right? Like it it just mm-hmm. like infatuates you, and like it's a really a credit to to Reese Witherspoon. Like she's she this is her vehicle. Like I'm actually mm-hmm. kind of stunned that it wasn't built in conjunction with her in production, and that they would even consider another actress because I can't even imagine.
1: So here's. Actress. It's, it's crazy to think about because, um, you know, the directors wanted it at first, but like I said, the studio wasn't convinced because they thought she was just uptight, like Tracy Flick, like uh, type A, you're not gonna make this work. So, uh, some of the people that are concerned for the role were um, Charlie's Theron,
0: okay.
1: um, Gwyneth Paltrow. I thought she, she would have been, made,
0: yeah, she could, nah. man, I just, I, I'm not crazy about Gwyneth Paltrow, but that's just,
1: um yeah um alicia silverstone which would have just been her like basically playing the character from clueless again yeah yeah yeah
0: so i wanted to bring that up
1: yeah so i guess it's a good tangent to go off but this uh, a lot of people used to call this movie uh clueless the college years
0: (laughs) kind of is i mean they're similar characters and the style is there man like this is a pre-9-11 movie july 13th 2001 release date so, you know, two months mm. from when, like the real tonal shift and the style shift, like that's the, that's the mark of like, we're in the 2000s now. Like we're not, we are no longer like carrying over from the nineties, like yeah. the way her friends dress is so outrageous. I, I was just, my first thought was was Clueless right there. Yeah. Um, as an inspiration. And it, it had to be an inspiration on this movie. So Alicia, yeah, Alicia Silverstone would have been good. But I, when I think of how Reese Witherspoon's career kind of took off from here too, like, like i see this as like her real her true breakout moment like election was was pretty big she was in a lot of other stuff but this is the first one it's like okay this is her movie she's yeah. carrying it and she can carry it so you can give her anything
1: yeah exactly it wouldn't have worked if it was like they tried to be like katherine heigl they tried to do christina applegate Oof. um mila jonovich and then jennifer love hewitt and it's just like I, none of those actresses i feel like would have really made it because like Mila Djokovic is always like the badass like from the Resident Evil movies like yeah you could not imagine her being like bubbly sweet uh <laughs> the,
0: This movie would have never hit theaters if if Mila Djokovic was was cast as El Woods or it would have been a bone yeah. comedy it would have gone yeah. one or two ways yeah um but I you know you you said how like her character from from um from Election and from Lily Bond are different and I th- they are different but i think she's she's an uptight character in this and it's just her like careless her carefree nature and her like naivety but but you know trusting her instincts carries her i think you get a really good sense of like the confidence she has like she just got dumped by her longtime boyfriend who she thought was going to give him a six carat rock and this is the video that she submits to harvard my admissions essay I'm gonna tell all of you at Harvard why I'm gonna make an amazing lawyer. As president of my sorority I'm skilled at commanding the attention of a room and discussing very important issues. It has come to my attention that the maintenance staff is switching our toilet paper from Charmin to generic. All those opposed to chafing please say I. I'm able to recall hundreds of important details at the drop of a hat. Hey, Elle, do you know what happened on days of our lives yesterday? Why, yes, Margot, I do. Once again, we join Hope in the search for her identity. As you know, she's been brainwashed by the evil Stefano. I feel comfortable using legal jargon in everyday life. (gasps) I object. That's why you should vote for me, Elle Woods, future lawyer for the class of 2004. She does have a 4.0 from CULA, and she got a 179 on her LSATs. A fashion major? Well, sir, we've never had one before, and aren't we always looking for diversity? Her list of extracurricular activities is impressive. She was in a Ricky Martin video. Clearly, she's interested in music. She also designed a line of faux fur panties for her sorority's charity project. Uh-huh she's a friend to the animals as well as a philanthropist l woods welcome to harvard that 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 was you know for me that was like the big i i that was the funniest part from the first act of the movie i i felt like hmm. and I felt like the movies, it's very tongue in cheek about what it is. Cause like the surrounding characters, like her two friends, Mar- like the Margot character, like they're as ditzy and as what you'd expect as they come, but she's the antithesis of, of those kind of people. Um, she is highly motivated and you just, you feel it right away. Her parents told her like, Oh no, you, you're not, you said Harvard's for ugly people. You don't need to go there. And I think there's, there's one joke I want to pull that I think kind of really like solidifies it. Oh my God. What are you doing? Reading about the LSATs. My cousin had that. Apparently you get a really bad rash on your The LSATs are an exam. Girls, I'm going to Harvard. You mean like on vacay? Let's all go round trip. harvard law school why i know you're upset about all this but can't you just take a (laughs) Perkinson? yeah i love
1: that line it's it's great like the contrast of like how pretty much like the only person that believes in l throughout the whole movie um is jennifer coolidge and i guess luke wilson but for the most part people just like kind of just like why are you doing this? Like they just like I said earlier in the pod, it's about just like science near haters right there. Where even her own friends are like ditzy, uh, are the stereotypical ditzy blondes or ditzy sorority chicks, and they're just like, "Well, well what are you doing here?"
0: <laughs> yeah, it, that's a big part of it, and it's just it's confidence in yourself because she's not get, if she's getting it from the lady that does her nails that has no confidence in herself, right? Like that that. And Luke Wilson, who's barely in the movie, honestly, he's like in the movie, like a bit more in the third act. But the first two acts, he's like, he's in it like two or three times.
1: He has like very quick cameos where it's just like he runs into her and he's like, oh, hey, what's going on? (laughs) And then
0: I'll be back in the third act. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Uh, And this is when he's at his peak, like old school, either just came out or is coming out. uh, That was
1: about like two years before, two years after, I mean.
0: yeah so this was like the but this was like right in his like wheelhouse when he was like a real leading man in hollywood
1: when they're casting this role they said like "Uh, why don't we go for a luke wilson type and then audition all these people they are like why don't we actually just go for luke wilson himself
0: (laughs) (laughs) i I, i'm just picturing the scene too it's just like all right oh thank you all right number 38 come in and and he does the lines and then somebody's just like what have we even asked luke wilson yet to be in the movie (laughs) Yeah, it's no? like come on, like what are we doing? What are we doing
1: wrong here? It's one of those things that must suck as an actor because that happens a lot in Hollywood where they want um, like the certain actor type, like oh Luke Wilson or the Owen Wilson or Seth Rogen type, and then those specific actors go into audition and somehow don't get the role that was the type that they're looking for.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it that must suck. I I wouldn't know. I've never been cast in any Hollywood production. I'd imagine I would do okay. Out there, maybe, probably not. I'd get eaten alive. Who am I kidding? Yeah. um But we both would. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I, I will, there, there is just such a touch and cheek, ele- tongue in cheek element of everything about this movie. And the story's like pretty grounded too. Like, I, the only scene that I was like, uh, oh, I don't need this was like the bend and snap scene, which feels very of the, the time that it would be in there. But I was like, "Oh, you could have just cut this." It was like, "Oh no,
1: I, I disagree completely. I, I love that scene. I thought that scene was like very in um, spirit of her character of just like, kind of like a, almost like a musical moment almost in the movie, and it played off well to Jennifer Coolidge part where Jennifer Coolidge tried to do the bend and snap later and just like kick the guy in the face wherever it was. It,
0: <laughs> it was a good. It was a good. That was a good setup. I I'll give it that. The UPS guy that she has the crush on. And then she hits them in the nose. And then the next time we see them at the trial and they're getting married or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, stretching it a little bit. Uh, talking about it's the, it's about, the mute cute. <laughs> t- talking about stretching it, like the self confidence of somebody to be like, I'm, I studied fashion for four years, but fuck it. I'm going to ace the ALSATs and I'm going to get into Harvard and I'm going to figure out how to do it. And I'm going to get the internship for the spot for the murder trial. Cause that's what the third act's about. There's a big murder trial. From this famous guy, wealthy guy, and Brooke, who is played by Allie Larder, is the murder suspect. She was the younger wife, but she has her own like fitness empire. And luckily enough, she happened to be one of Elwood's sorority sisters, a couple years older, but they, you know, sisterhood connected. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, you don't go back on sisterhood.
0: <laughs> I I, I, re, I really don't have a problem with any of that stuff i think that's all very good they, and i and i don't actually really fault the movie for it because it, it uh, this will work in the movie's favor but um and one really unrealistic thing was oh yeah my alibi is that i was getting a liposuction and i'm going to lose all my credibility if i do that it's like well if you go to jail for murder because you're not giving up your alibi you're also going to lose your credibility so it's kind of a lose-lose situation when you think about it and then l being brought on as the main representation now the movie needs it because then there's there's no actual like triumphant climax to go with it but Mm -hmm. if we're if we're just pulling our heads out of the clouds a little bit here and i'm fine being in the clouds it's one of those
1: it's one of those things about like uh you know when watching movies uh you know there's a whole section on the wikipedia for this page about uh legal issues and stuff like that with the movie where it's just like would this make sense? And uh, there's like a YouTuber that went on like something about how like in the end of the movie, uh, spoiler, L ends up uh, representing Ollie um, Lara's character, Brooke. And even though she's only a first year law student and people are saying like, oh, like this movie's so inaccurate. This wouldn't happen in real life. It's like, all right, it's a fucking movie. We get it. Like some things aren't going to be realistic. Uh, she's probably, you know, she wouldn't get a 179 out of 180 on the LSAT's problem in real life. <laughs> we suspension disbelief a little
0: (laughs) oh i mean yeah the movie suspend and it suspends it lightly because it's like lsat okay fine okay fine and then you 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 they build to that suspension of disbelief because you're because i think she's in a little bit of disbelief that she's able to accomplish these things and she just builds more confidence on a really high base of self-confidence that she has in herself to begin with Mm. and I, i again i it's not like i'm like oh this breaks the movie this the movie needs it. The movie needs that moment to happen, but it is, yeah. it's the one thing where I'm like, okay, like, lady, like, you going to jail for murder means that you're not going to make any more money because people don't buy exercise tapes from murderers. That's just a fun fact. And then the second Are one... Are you sure about
1: was, that? I mean, think think about all the people. <laughs> people still buy Phil Spector records.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah, but music's different than, like, exo- there's a million exercise tapes, especially now. If, if
1: richard simmons if richard simmons went on like live tv and like fucking like killed someone and then during the fucking video do you think that people would still be like oh i'm gonna buy a richard simmons
0: video i think so <laughs> I yeah. Think someone would be like well i think it would, the audience would switch completely it, like his, <laughs> yeah. his audience of like divorced and single middle-aged women would would switch drastically to like yeah. Like metalheads, metalheads, and guys that guys that hate their lives in their twenties. Like his audience would change completely if he <laughs> yeah. ever pulled that. It would end off. up on
1: it would end up on Reddit of like live leak or like watch people die or some shit. Where it's just like, can you believe Richard Simmons did this?
0: Wait, Tommy, do you believe the Richard Simmons conspiracy theory? What's the Richard Simmons conspiracy theory? That he's like he's like been kidnapped. What? <laughs> You've never yeah, heard no. this before? Yeah, no, no, gotta, no, no. I got to pull up I'm pulling up a little more information uh on this because the the theory is that cuz he's just he's been out of the public eye for so long and as someone he,
1: most people ladies the are
0: <laughs> there was like a big Twitter thing that he just like since he you know he was in the public eye for 30 years like putting out exercise mm-hmm. tape and then one day he just goes goes blonde his last appearance was like beginning of 2013 and then he stopped showing up to like classes and people at the time thought that like his butler or whoever his live at home help like had kidnapped him and was like holding him hostage (laughs) in like 2016 2017 i swear to god people thought so so have
1: have we heard anything from richard simmons since (laughs)
0: yeah i think i'm i'm looking i i don't i don't know like he missed joan river's funeral which is that's a big red flag they were very close Hmm. um he cut off contact from other people and then somebody claimed that richard simmons was taking care of himself um he his dog died and now like
1: five years from
0: yeah and here it is simmons housekeeper has allegedly been keeping him prisoner in his own home and this comes out after the National Enquirer claimed that he was transitioning to a woman. The <laughs> Jesus yeah, there's a whole section on Wikipedia
1: now, Richard Simmons of um, re- retreat from uh, public life. The, uh- yeah, because I remember he, like he, I remember like ten years ago he was in like a Geico commercial and shit. Um, <laughs> there's even a section the LAPD. Uh, detectives visited his home in March 2017 to do a, well, a welfare check.
0: <laughs> I'm going deeper down the rabbit hole than I remember here. I'm like scrolling this article, just waiting for it to stop, and it won't. It just, just won't re- stop. We just,
1: we just realized that Richard Simmons' this tangent we went on is actually so fucking interesting. Where it's like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, like, they're s- showing things of like the housekeeper is living in the house now, and that people believe that she's trying to inherit. It um you know his wealth when he dies um okay let's see i'm just scrolling down so, here to try to try to see in june
1: 2018 uh, he sued a los angeles private detective claiming he had placed a tracking device over a year earlier on the only vehicle simmons used for transportation
0: <laughs> oh my god wild guy <laughs> w- w- wild theory oh my god <laughs> I, i'm very glad we just found <laughs> this tangent yeah, I am too. Uh and I'm sure the audience is as well.
1: Yeah. Um, if you love legally blonde, then we're sorry. But Mr. Simmons right now, this is what we need to focus on.
0: No, no, we'll we'll touch back on, on legally blonde because I do want to talk about that because I do know, you know, women who are friends of mine that like love this movie and adore this movie. And it's very interesting to watch because like we grew up with kind of like action heroes and things like this. Like they that the female representation in that regard has kind of been developing slowly and slowly, but this yeah, is you like
1: your Ripley and Sarah Connor.
0: Yeah. Before that, it was only those two, but you know, people, alien always gets associated with the alien and Terminator gets associated with Arnold for, you know, uh, Linda Connor, but the, you know, this is definitely a female empowerment movie and uh, you know, the opening song, it's a perfect day. Right? Like, that's the yeah. perfect representation of that that movie of just, like, nothing's getting in my way, man.
1: Yeah, it's um, just like, no matter what you're gonna do, uh, like I said, fuck the haters. I got this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think this, if I had to pull, you know, women around our age, I would imagine this movie left a really strong impact on them, because, as you said, like, the studio even thought this was gonna be a boner comedy. Like, everything around that time was, like, a boner comedy. And then mm. you have this, like, pretty funny kind of a rom-com not really it starts out as a rom-com and then does its own thing it mm-hmm. the movie really does its own thing which i think is impressive it, it yeah. follows like what you expect but it's it's three separate acts three kind of separate stories being told in those acts
1: yeah and, each each act has a different motivation completely
0: yeah and like it's grounded in realism like the professor who signs her on at his log firm for this murder trial is the intern uh, at the end, it's like, oh, L, I I was so impressed with you, and then you know, puts his hand on her knee, and that's when she's gonna quit. Mm. And then she, you know, she comes back and and she becomes the representative for for Brooke in the trial. Um, but like, like that moment is like that's serious, and that shit happens everywhere. It is not exclusive to to like this movie, and like mm. as I say, like this movie is so bubbly and bright and full of this energy. And then it's like that darkness, right? Like, it's just such a sharp contrast.
1: Just very, very realistic where it's just like, you know, she has to question herself and like, that's where the third act like, no, you got this. Um, Where literally like she's just thinking like, did I only get this internship because this guy was interested in my looks? And that's a very, very real thing that a lot of people have to go through, unfortunately. It sucks. But, you know, some guys are fucking creeps.
0: And I don't think movies like this that are like the who who are you going to target you're going to target teenage girls with this movie right like mm. movies that were targeting teenage girls at that time did not have that kind of like moment in it you know mm. that it was the bone it was the american pie boner comedies and if it had anything like that it would end in a striptease and a punchline and a and very jizzing objectifying in a, <laughs> jizzing in a sock or whatever um, yeah fucking a pie <laughs> yeah so, so you know something ridiculous like that um So I just, it's, it's just, it's, it's a strong, it's a really strong movie and it's a strong female character. And I I can understand why her legacy has gone on the character, Elle Woods, like Mm -hmm. that character is still very much in the public conscious. We mentioned the sequel, like they're making a third movie to it because the Mm -hmm. character, like the character is just, it's, she's powerful. And I think I would imagine a lot of girls around our age and our Mid to late twenties would recognize her, identify with her, and you know use her as like a positive role model. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, Ent- entirely. It's so it's just like, you know, it, like I said earlier, it's just like this is a character you can w- want to watch a lot, and you could honestly see her in, in other situations and other cases and stuff like that. Um, it's just so magnetic of a character and so charismatic where you're just like wanna, you just like want to, you just want to be in the character's orbit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you want her in your circle, and you want her on your team because she'll she'll help you out. Um, yeah, and you you see the character change too when you know before you know she's most popular everything is in her world, and then she's the fish out of water. And there's a scene with the guy with the the weird guy who had this hair like sideways. He's like trying to hit on this girl when she's walking back in, and the girl's like, "Ugh, as if I would ever date a loser like you." And <laughs> Reese walks over slaps the guy in the face and it's just like it's just like you gave me the best night of my life and you never called me Uh, I'm sorry For, for what for both and and then like she storms out and the girl's like oh okay like give me your number right like she would never have done that at the beginning of the movie but she becomes more in touch with other people's emotions and what they
1: yeah well well, the thing thing about the character is that like even in the beginning though she doesn't come off as like you know mega bitch or whatever or like you know very mean and callous i mean she always throughout seems kind of very nice but if anything in the beginning of the movie she's maybe just a little naive which she kind of keeps throughout but it's just like that's i think her main growth of just like you know you're you're better than you think you are that's essentially the message of the movie
0: (laughs) well we see her naivety transition into intuition and knowing when to trust somebody <laughs> and when to not trust somebody. And I think that's that's kind of like a cool character moment that you don't always see in any movie honestly for <clears throat> naive people to kind of develop it into intuition. <clears throat> um, but on that note, I am a star. I'm a star, I'm a star I'm a star. I am a big bright shining star. Therese Witherspoon, it's not even close.
1: Yeah, there's like no discussion about this. Uh, Reese Witherspoon uh, begins, the movie begins and ends with her. Uh, without her, we movie wouldn't work. You know, it, we did a stop all those actresses before, and I couldn't see any of them in this role. So, she clearly is the star.
0: <laughs> you can, sh-
1: there's no argument.
0: <laughs> she, 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 over, it's her performance blows leaps and bounds like like i there's not even like a close second place it, it, it's a complete blowout in terms of like stardom and this is like her launch into her career like this is her like first like pivotal role you know like when you look mm. back on on her career this is the first one when you're like okay she's a a-lister she's a leading woman she can do anything yeah. in this town um and like I, I sit there and i say second place and i'm like the dad drinking a martini at the graduation. Like
1: that, like that that's my second place man yeah no it's it's to the point that like you know apparently the sequel the second one is apparently like dog dog shit and like the less said about the better, apparently but it says something that like the only characters that came back in the second one were her and then luke wilson apparently briefly and then jennifer coolidge um i did have to shout jennifer coolidge out because she's always great she's always a great character actress it was awesome seeing her pop up in this i didn't know she was in it, it it's,
0: it's interesting too with jennifer coolidge she went from stifler's mom in american pie speaking of american pie yeah (laughs) yeah where she's super confident super you know sexy like you know defined the term milf uh, brought it to the mainstream and then going from that to being someone so like coddled and reserved like it's a testament to her range that you don't necessarily would think she might have as like a character actress but she went from this confident babe to reserved, shy, meek, meek, yeah, character. Um, it's it's really uh something to be said to Jennifer Coolidge. She's actually second place, but it's not even close. It's wreath with Reese yeah, with uh, yeah. this movie. <laughs>
1: ah, are you ready, comedy partner? Waka waka. Okay.
0: Does this movie work as a Muppet adaptation? Because I think it might. I
1: I think this might be the first movie I was thinking about this earlier um, that might work as a Muppet adaptation. What you have is you have uh, Janice, the girl from the Doctor Teeth band, like the blonde Cali girl. You have her as Ruth Spoon and just keep the rest of the movie the fucking same. And I can see that working all fucking really well.
0: It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's. I know that that's a nice joke, Tommy, but it's Piggy as as Elwood's um that too P- piggies miss piggies Woods, and you could have kermit be luke wilson <laughs> and you could ha- and you could have Fozzie be warner like you could do a lot with it and then just the o- the only character you leave as a human in this movie is the dad drinking a martini. Everybody else is a Muppet. That's the only human in the movie. And,
1: and you don't explain why, why she's not human. <laughs> no, you, you yes. don't
0: explain it whatsoever. He is just the only human in it. And it's because he's at the end of the movie just applauding with a martini. That's that's it. That's it. Yep. That's the only. Yeah. That's all you need. <laughs> that's, that's all you need. So out of five, Tommy, what'd you think? All right. So uh,
1: this is my first time seeing it. I just watched it only three hours ago um at work um you know the uh, end of the day so however i had a lot of free time but you know it's one of those movies that's a very good background movie i could see in the future where like you know it's very light and breezy it goes from scene to scene um that really like dialogue heavy and just the character roost roostman so captivating and, um, and just funny uh but that being said in general I, the movie i don't think was as funny as it could have been um you know i felt like there could have been an extra level of laughs uh, to go with it um so I'm gonna go three and a half f's, uh, five stars. So I liked it. I thought it could have been a little bit funnier, but still a good movie. Still an enjoyable watch. Yeah,
0: th- this is a very uh, this is a good movie, and I, I think it's a unique fit where you know we put it in rom com month, but it's not even really a rom com. It's kind of its own thing. It's like a funny empowerment movie and a character driven vehicle. I think the screenplay is pretty tight. I I do agree with you that I think there could have been an extra level of humor that would have maybe elevated this into that that tier of of comedy movies that it's just below for, I think, a lot of people. I think this is a very targeted audience, and I think people who love this movie love this movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
1: it's, it's one of those things, I think, that if they played up the comedy in the, the second act a lot more uh, of her being the fish-out-of-water type, it, it would have been funnier, and there's a lot more content for laughs. I felt like there could have been.
0: Yeah, for sure. But it, it's a, it's a tight screenplay. Reese is fantastic in it. It's it's an iconic performance, in my opinion. And I give this movie a three and a half out of five as well. I just it's a movie that I will never have a problem watching. It's a perfect date night movie. It's the mm-hmm. perfect kind of movie to to. Just take take a load off at the end of the day, relax. You're gonna have a good time. You're gonna feel a little more motivated after you watch it. And not a lot of movies are able to do that. Um, and the movie ends with her giving the graduation speech, right, Tommy? Mm -hmm. And she and she's like, and then the song starts playing again. It's a perfect day, nothing standing in my way. You know what that is, Tommy? It's like poetry it's like poetry it rhymes you know that's that's what george lucas said about the prequels because he wanted to defend his lazy screenwriting that's not the case in this i just wanted to drop that line on you
1: you you just need to shit on either ghostbusters or uh george lucas in an episode it's 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 by law
0: (laughs) oh it's by law it'll happen don't worry um but thank you all again very much for listening we hope you enjoyed today's episode uh subscribe on apple spotify Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at scenitpod. Leave us a five-star review and take care of yourself today. I'm Tim. I'm Tommy. And thanks so much for listening.
1: We'll talk to you soon.